Welcome to the Factal Forecast, a look at the week's biggest stories and what they mean from the editors at Factal. I'm Jimmy Lovis. Today is October 21st, and in this week's forecast, we've got Libya's liberation anniversary, a presidential election in Uzbekistan, Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau reshuffling his cabinet, Iran hosting a conference on Afghanistan, and an update on Haiti kidnappings. You can read about all these stories and more in our weekly newsletter, which you can find a link to in the show notes. Saturday marks a decade since Libyan dictator Muammar Gaddafi was killed by rebel groups in a culmination of an uprising. And while the country is in a state of ceasefire, a presidential election scheduled for December threatens to disrupt the fragile peace. As you may recall, following the Arab Spring uprisings in Tunisia and Egypt, conflict broke out in Libya in February of 2011. That conflict was between Gaddafi and a coalition of pro-democracy militias. The resulting eight-month civil war ended shortly after Gaddafi's death at the hands of these militias on October 20th, 2011. But the country rapidly descended into a second conflict in 2014 due to a deepening of ideological divisions. A UN-brokered ceasefire between the internationally-backed GNA and Colonel Hoftar's LNA came into force in October of last year. Since then, an interim government led by Prime Minister Dabeba has been preparing for presidential elections scheduled for December 24th. Now, Recent wrangling over the legal mechanisms to support elections has thrown the elections into doubt. Analysts are concerned that electing a polarizing figure such as Colonel Haftar or Gaddafi's son, Saif al-Islam, could deepen societal divisions and lead to the country, once again, being ruled by warring governments, both claiming legitimacy. Meanwhile, voters are increasingly viewing Gaddafi's reign as a time of fewer freedoms but increased prosperity. A decade of war severely damaged the country's infrastructure and led to frequent power cuts all while foreign powers grappled over control of Libya's oil wealth. Voters in Uzbekistan will head to the polls Saturday to vote for a president in the country's first election since incumbent President Shavkat Mirziyoyev came to power in September of 2016. All five political parties approved in the country have registered candidates for the election, but incumbent Mirziyoyev of the Liberal Democratic Party is expected to win in a landslide. Uzbekistan has received international recognition for improvements in its authoritative government since the 2016 death of former President Islam Karimov, who ruled the nation and its predecessor state since 1989. There is little room, however, for any meaningful political opposition in the country. Virtually no new political parties were registered in the polls during the 2019 parliamentary elections, despite the government's tagline of New Uzbekistan, New Elections. Also, despite claims of commitment to a pro-democracy election, the Uzbek government prevented two candidates from running through independent, unregistered parties. Russia, meanwhile, recently praised President Mirziyoyev for development of Russian-Uzbek relations, including the strengthening of the Russian language in the country. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau plans to reshuffle his cabinet Tuesday following last month's snap election. Trudeau was re-elected to a third term on September 20th after calling for snap parliamentary elections with the apparent goal of his Liberal Party taking back control of the House of Commons. While Trudeau won, his party failed to secure an outright majority. Still, Trudeau said voters gave his party a clear mandate to get Canada through this pandemic. Now, Trudeau, who has vowed to keep his cabinet gender balanced, is expected to make significant changes in order to keep that promise. Three female ministers lost in the recent election, and a fourth didn't seek re-election. Finally, Trudeau said Parliament will return on November 22nd, 
more than two months after his re-election. And that gap has led some critics to argue that time is being wasted amid a fourth wave of coronavirus. Canadian health officials worry that while coronavirus cases are trending down and vaccinations are up, a bad flu season could place additional pressure on the healthcare system. Canada's vaccine mandate for federally regulated transportation employees and travelers goes into effect October 30th. Iran is set to host a meeting Wednesday of foreign ministers representing the six countries that border Afghanistan, plus Russia. It's an effort to stabilize Afghanistan after the Taliban's seizure of power from the U.S.-backed government in July. Afghanistan's been battered by decades of war and isolated by international sanctions, and now its economy is in the midst of a downward spiral marked by high inflation and shortages of foreign currency and basic goods. That's got the Taliban reaching out to countries such as Turkey, Iran, Russia, and China to boost investment in humanitarian aid, though inflows haven't been enough to meet demand. Wednesday's one-day conference will bring together top diplomats of Iran, Russia, China, Pakistan, Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, and Tajikistan. All are countries vying for influence and protection of their respective interests, while negotiating with a Taliban side that is yet to prove it's capable of building consensus or even governing the country of 39 million people. Iran's foreign ministry said participants will discuss the formation of an inclusive government in Afghanistan that will involve all ethnicities. Our last item for this forecast is on the recent kidnappings in Haiti. For more on that, I spoke with Factual Editor Jeff Lancet. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Jimmy. How are you? Well, hey, you know, over the last few months, it seems like every story out of Haiti was on natural disasters and politics, but here we are talking about kidnappings. What's going on? Yeah, so it seems it's kind of the natural progression of things. Um Brazen crimes have kind of increased throughout the country after these months of political instability and civil unrest and um, natural disasters. Uh, It kind of came to a head on Saturday when the 400 Mawozo gang kidnapped 17 North American missionaries. Five of them are children under the age of 16 uh, outside of uh, the city of Port-au-Prince. And gang members have demanded a million dollars for each person's return. Incredible. What do we know about the folks involved? Who are these missionaries that got kidnapped? And, you know, what is this uh, 400 Mo Wizzle gang? Sure. Yeah. So it seems that they are from the Ohio based Christian aid ministries. The victims, it sounds like, are five men, seven women, and the five children. 16 of them are citizens from the U.S., and one of them is from Canada. Uh, the ministry says the missionaries were on their way home from building an orphanage in Haiti. Uh, at the moment, Haitian police and the FBI are helping with negotiations for the safe release of these uh, 17 people. Uh, as for the gang, it's been growing in strength over the past three years. Uh, it has essentially taken over the Port-au-Prince suburb of Croix de Bouquet. It has uh, certainly increased its presence over the past three years. Has this gang been linked to any other kidnappings? Sure, yeah. So actually, they were once notorious for stealing cattle in the area, and then they graduated to stealing cars. And now, at this point, they are believed to be responsible for many of the more than 600 kidnappings that have been recorded in Haiti since the beginning of this year. And those kidnappings have actually increased significantly since the summer. 
following the uh, assassination of the president, Jovenel Moise, and that deadly earthquake, if you remember that. Well, you know, in addition to just watching and hoping that these missionaries are released, what else should folks be keeping an eye out for? Yeah, if the country's instability continues to worsen and these kidnappings continue to pay off, more gangs may try to replicate the practice. Yeah, the concerning situation, no doubt. Thank you for the update, Jeff. Always appreciate your insight on the region. No problem. Take care. Today's episode was produced with work from Factual Editors Sophie Perrier, Aves Ahmad, myself, Jimmy Lovis, and Ahmed Namatala. Our interview featured editor Jeff Lancet, and our music comes courtesy of Andrew Gosby. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Factual Forecast. We publish our forward-looking podcast each Thursday to help you get a jump start on the week ahead. You can, of course, subscribe for free, and if you have feedback, suggestions, or events we've missed, drop us a note by emailing hello at factual.com. <laughs>